podcast had a few rants in it. Seemed to uh, strike a chord with some people. Glad about that. I think a lot of people feel the same way. I hope to be saying things that other people are thinking also, just maybe haven't articulated to themselves or maybe they have articulated it, but they haven't felt emboldened to say it out loud. Maybe they have a job that they're worried about or something and it uh, connects with them to hear it. It's what they're thinking anyway. Um, one thing that I've kind of noticed, and I've said this before, but I think it's really more true now because there's like kind of a lag effect is now that, you know, I can't really be canceled. I don't have a job. You can't complain to anybody. You know, it's not that little, I don't know if it's millennials. I don't want to pick up millennials because I have a lot of respect for particular millennials that I know. But generationally, you know, I think they grew up where if there was a problem with another kid or there was something going on, you told the teacher, you know, let the teacher do it. Oh, we don't want bullying. We want to tell the teacher, don't punch the bully in the mouth. But, you know, that's not how we've raised a generation to deal with bullying. It's always tell the teacher. So there's always some authority figure you're supposed to complain to if you have discomfort. And now, of course, it's these micro discomforts. You know, I was, I felt uncomfortable. It was problematic for me. You know, we don't have to go over all of it. You know what it is. You know, the, the new, the new ethos around any sort of mild emotional discomfort, you know, it has to be dealt with and it has to be dealt with from an authority figure. And this has affected people. I think it's affected how people were raised. It's not even entirely their fault. I mean, they, they're just used to looking outside them to stop this discomfort. And so when I posted stuff a couple of years ago that caused them discomfort because it undermined their beliefs about how everything is and how you should behave, they went and tried to tell the teacher. They went to Jeff Erickson, my partner, and said, look what, look what Liz is posting. This reflects badly on RotoWire. You know, this sort of passive aggressive, like, hey, I'm just saying it reflects. I'm just saying he has RotoWire in his bio. It doesn't really reflect well. You know, that kind of totally cowardly, pathetic shit that, that's just normal to them. It's like, let me go tell the teacher I'm too much of a coward to stand up for myself. Why not say I strongly disagree with this? I don't think this is right. You can have that debate. Turned out you were totally fucking wrong. Outdoor masking never did shit for anybody. You were totally fucking wrong. But I'd have more respect if you just were misinformed, had the debate, tried to persuade me, failed, and then later on said, you know what? I was totally fucking wrong. That's fine. It's okay to be wrong. It's even okay to be stridently wrong as long as you're showing respect and as long as you understand the limits, you're stridently wrong, but you, even while being wrong, understand that it's possible that you're wrong and therefore you're probably less strident. So I guess there's a certain level of stridency that just is only possible if you're a total fucking zealot for some sort of cause and you don't even understand the possibility that the beliefs undergirding this argument are totally false. You don't even realize that because you're a zealot and so you are stridently wrong. And then it's going to be very hard for you to apologize unless you really, really hit rock bottom and realize, holy shit, the cognitive dissonance burst through everything I thought was fucking fake. And then you can you know, go about making amends to people that you were um, excoriating for not doing as they were commanded just because you were, just because your friends were, just because celebrities that you think are super clever or cool were. Um, that's what we tell kids, right? We say, don't give in to peer pressure. Don't, don't do stupid things just because the cool kids are. And yet, you know, you have like a lot of people doing and believing what they see from 
whoever in society they believe are the cool kids or, you know, as you're an adult, the, the savvy people, the people who know what's up, the people that get it, you know, and these people don't, you know, you're not investigating for yourself, which is the way to actually be right or know that you're wrong sooner rather than later by investigating for yourself, by testing out your beliefs. Instead, you just outsource and they're outsourcing their beliefs to, I don't even want to say Dr. Fauci. That's like fucking entry level stupidity, but I'm talking about, you know, other smart guys on Twitter, the tech bros that they admire, whoever else it is, somebody who's accomplished, who is sure that this is the case. Um, there's that woman, uh, she's a poker player, Annie Duke. She wrote a book called Thinking in Bets and she was shilling the vax. How about thinking in a bet of, if I fucking take this, I'm taking a risk of death. And if I'm a healthy person under 50 and probably under 70, and probably I'm not even sure there was significant benefit for anybody, but let's just concede the possibility that if you were 70 plus and or sick, maybe there was some temporary benefit from taking the shot despite the risks. And she's basically advocating for this thing, thinking in bets. You wrote a fucking book about how to make decisions and you made a fucking idiotic decision that was exactly what the state wanted people to believe. And you were pushing that on people who look up to you as somebody who uh, makes decisions now, that just shows you do not outsource your decisions to Annie Duke or someone else who writes a book about making fucking decisions. Think for yourself. Think for yourself. Do not outsource your decisions to me. I'm not the arbiter of medical information. I will tell you what I think. I will tell you what I've done. I'll tell you the basis for my doing it. And I will make observations about medical treatments. If those observations occur to me, if I fucking feel like it. And in fact, I did just that. So a few days ago, I know a lot of you guys uh, follow me on Twitter and are aware of this. I just actually shared an observation I had and a medical decision I made. I wasn't making a recommendation. I'll just read the tweet so you guys can see it, you know, unedited, unspun. I tweeted, was supposed to get a colonoscopy two years ago when I turned 50, considered and rejected it. Not weighing in on risk benefit, do your own research but struck me how symbolic that procedure is. You, healthy person with no symptoms, drug yourself and take it in the A from a bunch of technicians in medical garb. Total submission to the medical system is now seen as routine. That was the tweet. That was it. So what am I saying? Let's just break this down, despite the ridiculous, absurd uh, responses that I got to it. So I was supposed to get one. That's true. Indisputable. When I turned 50, the Healthcare system here recommended it. I considered it seriously. I actually booked an appointment and, and almost did it actually. So I wasn't like, I actually looked into it. I didn't just reflexively reject it, but then I did reject it. And I said in the tweet, not weighing in on risk benefit, do your own research. So I'm not saying whether that my decision was correct, certainly not correct for everybody or even for me. I don't even know for sure that this won't be something I regret. It might well be. I'm not weighing in on risk benefit. Do your own research. But, and this is the observation, it struck me how symbolic it is. And why is it symbolic? Because we have a medical system that now you have the WHO, they want vaccine passports. We had lockdowns, we had mandatory vaccine. We had, you need to show your papers to get into a restaurant or travel or any of this stuff. It's a biomedical security state. It's not just like, hey, there's some great medical advancements. If you want to avail yourself of them and deal with some ailments or preventatively deal with some ailments, you can. That would be a healthy system. Here's a good reason why you should do this. That would be a healthy system, persuasion. But that's not what we had. We had this totalizing biomedical tyranny, basically, for a couple of years. And there are organizations and people who want to 
reprise that. I mean, that's what the who is up to right now. They, this is what a lot of people want. And so why is it symbolic? Because you can either submit to, hey, I don't have a choice. I have to do this. I have to inject myself with whatever chemicals Pfizer comes up with based on command of my government. And the scoldy Karens on Twitter will police that. Or I'm an adult. I can do research. I'm smart. I can make my own call. Sometimes I get it right. Sometimes I get it wrong. But I'm going to trust myself as a free citizen and an adult. I don't have a boss. I may provisionally have a boss at work during prescribed hours, if you have one, but I don't have a boss in my life. I am the adult. I'm not a child. I decide for myself and I'm perfectly healthy and I'm deciding not to do this. Now, if you do decide to get a colonoscopy, what are you actually doing? You are drugging yourself unconscious. I guess you can do it consciously, but many of them you get sedated and spreading it for the medical industrial complex to probe you so what they always describe in these like alien abduction stories. These, these, uh, a lot of the alien abduction stories have the same thing where they're being probed. You get probed, i.e. you are taking it in the A from a bunch of technicians and medical guards. This is a fact. It is a total submission to the system. That doesn't, I wasn't arguing that, that and that's not worthwhile. You may think, yeah, I guess it is. Ha ha, that is accurately describing the details of the procedure. And some people say, and that's okay. And I submit to that because it's worth it because I'm worried I'm going to get colon cancer and maybe they could detect something and prevent it. So I do submit to that procedure. That's fine. I wasn't making a judgment one way or the other of whether it's effective. I'm just saying that it is in fact total submission. You are literally spreading it and letting them probe you anally bunch of people in medical gear probe you anally. It does not get more total than that. That's it. That's my observation. It's the truth. It's the truth. Many people took this in different ways. There were the well-meaning ones who were urging me to get the colonoscopy and coming up with anecdotes. I mean, there were like a hundred comments. I mean, it was insane. And these are the benign people that they were like telling me stories about their uncle or somebody who died of it or whatever. Okay. You're well-meaning, but you're totally off base. I am not soliciting your medical advice. I already did my research. I already determined that I didn't want it for now. Maybe in two years, I'll change my mind. But for now, I did not want it. And that's that. I wasn't asking for uh, your advice or your anecdotes or you know, how scared I should be about colon cancer. I've done my own research. For me, I try to take care of my health preemptively, not via the medical system, but via running fast and getting sun, eating well, et cetera. And I'm a bit of a health nut. So for me, I find that the risk is probably less. I could be wrong about that. Again, I'm not um, immune to this. It's not something that I'm 100% sure about that I would not regret later. I just chose not to do it. And that is fine. One of the reasons that influenced me, and again, I'm not giving you advice. I'm just telling you something you could look up yourself, is the incidence of errors where they perforate your colon. And from what I could tell from the research, it was something like a one in 140 chance. Maybe if you have a good doctor, it's one in a thousand or one in 5,000. I don't know, but that was just the number that they seemed to come up. And that if that does happen, you are totally fucked because now you've got this internal perforation infection and you're fucked. And I just thought, you know what? I wouldn't get on a plane with a one in 140 chance of crashing. It's not worth it. And to me, this wasn't worth it either. Do your own research. Maybe you'll feel that it is worth it. And maybe given your lifestyle, you're at high risk. Maybe you don't take care of your health that well, or maybe you have it in your family. 
or who knows? Or maybe I do and I'm making a mistake. I am not weighing in on the soundness of my decision, either for me and certainly not for anyone else. But even for me, it's the decision I'm going with for now. And that's that. It's my decision. I'm not promising it's right. Sometimes you, uh, you don't know all the facts and that's fine. So this is, this is the tweet I made. And I got a whole bunch of different responses and I'm just going to go over a couple flavors of them. So one was, you know, you should do this. Here's why. Okay. Those are the benign ones. You mean well, but honestly, I'm not interested in your in that. And I was, I would be interested in, in, in sort of like the feedback about my observation, which was like, yeah, holy shit. Like that is really symbolic. I mean, you know, the medical industrial complex wants to control lots of aspects of your life. And that you're saying, here, I'll go pay some money to spread it and let you probe, go, go bananas on me. I mean, that's about as symbolic as it gets. And that, that was the discussion I was interested in, but people took it, you know, as a, a medical decision. Okay. And so one guy writes, this is hilarious. And he says, I feel substituting being proactive about male health as a weakness to the man is a bad take. Would you call a woman weak for having her breasts examined? Now, I wasn't saying it was weak. I was just describing the act of submission. It is a total act of submission. That's just a fucking fact. It doesn't get more submissive than that. Deal with it. You can still love it. You can get one every day if you want. I don't give a shit. I'm just saying deal with the reality of that procedure. Nothing could be more submissive than that. It's just a fact. So I didn't say it was a weakness. I said it's voluntary submission. Now, I also didn't say being proactive about health is a weakness for a man. In fact, I am a health nut. I get blood tests like four times a year. So what this dude did is he read my tweet and then he just took it in a side direction. And this is what happens on Twitter all the time, maybe even in real life with conversations is in his mind, this was shaming men for caring about their health or being proactive about their health. But that wasn't in the tweet. That was in his mind that people do that. So he responded in a total non sequitur. And this is all the time people do that. So that was, you know, relatively benign also. It was just, <laughs> it's just a good example of like how people just run with whatever they imagine the tweet to be rather than what you actually wrote. And this happens all the time. But then there were like, and I can't even read all these. There were literally like 50, maybe more. And I screenshotted a lot of them being like, you fucking idiot. You know, like you're a fucking moron. Or I want to, I'll actually, let me read some of these actually, because it's, they're so ridiculous that they merit, they merit reading. Hold on one sec just trying to dunk on me. You do you, but you're being a little girl about something that could save your life. I talk to people every day about this procedure and I've heard it all. Like this may be the dumbest take I've ever heard. Here's one. You're an imbecile. Truly. Are you really that much of a pussy that you're scared to get a colonoscopy? I'm totally healthy, but just had a routine colonoscopy and they removed a precancerous polyp. Way to own the libs, bro. 100% small dick energy in this post with a lot of closet homosexual. How about using your platform to advocate against something that saves lives for clicks and likes makes you an asshole. Don't get screenings. In fact, stop going to the doctor because the medical industry is just a money-making scheme. So there's a bunch of them like that. And there's like literally a hundred. And the thing is the medical industry is a fucking money-making scheme, obviously. But again, that doesn't mean that this procedure isn't on balance net benefit. But the, the greater point is, is these people are absolutely certain uh, enough to insult me, ridicule me. Like that last one, it's like, again, it's like this outdoor masking tweet from two years ago. It's like, you're killing people because you made this tweet. It's just the most ridiculous thing of all time. Again, you know, we're, we're back to that. It's so painful for somebody to 
see that somebody doesn't agree with the conventional wisdom, that they're just not going along with what they're commanded to do by the system and it bothers them so much. I mean, why do you care? Why are you so mad? If I'm wrong, if, if I'm right, then fuck you. Then you're wrong and shut the fuck up. That's it. But if I'm wrong and you're right, what's the, what's the result? Well, that would mean I would get some sort of preventable colon cancer and suffer incredibly. So why are you bothering to try to dunk on me? I mean, it's like the punishment certainly should be sufficient. So if you think that I'm going to suffer that punishment, then that's, you should, and I'm a terrible person for tweeting this. Well, that's pretty serious karma. And if I'm right, then shut the fuck up. I don't know why you're weighing in in advance to throw some barbs my way, except because it's not really about that you think this is going to happen to me. It's really, or you're concerned about my well-being. What it's really about is I'm dissenting and you don't like that. You don't like that. It bothers you to see. It causes you discomfort emotionally to see somebody flouting what you have thought of as certain. And a lot of these people are just kind of in my fucking face virtually being like, you're a fucking idiot. This is wrong. You're a fucking idiot. You should retract that. This is dangerous. Go fucking die to own the libs, genius, blah, blah, blah. And it's all from a position of absolute certainty, strident disagreement because they don't have any sort of epistemic humility where maybe they're wrong. And it's funny because a guy who is a doctor, at least in his Twitter bio, says, tweeted a study from the New England Journal of Medicine. And again, I don't think this is the final word. I don't like, hey, here's a study, slam dunk, QED. But it says, recent gold standard study in New England Journal of Medicine revealed screening col colonoscopy showed no improvement in mortality. Your intuition is correct. Don't let these goobers tell you otherwise. Again, I'm not saying that is the last word. I'm just saying, not even though I didn't even know about that study, I just did some research and I was like, eh. I've done my own evaluation. It's not for me right now, right this moment. And it's a fucking act of total submission, which it actually is, whether it's worth it again, do your own research. And now it turns out it's far from certain. And I think all of these things, trust your doctor, trust the science. I mean, have you learned nothing in the last three years? Have you learned fucking nothing about the science? And these things that are the science are usually far less settled than you're led to believe. This is, it's, it's, a, it's a debate. And we should, one guy was like, how dare you question this? You're even questioning this as dangerous. No, of course you should question this. You should question every medical procedure, every medical protocol, question it. It doesn't mean do the opposite. It doesn't mean don't do it. It means question it. Why? Because the fucking medical system, contrary to what this guy was saying, is a money-making scheme for the most part. That is its raison d'etre. It is there to make money. The pharmaceutical companies are there to make money for themselves, the executives and the shareholders. That is it. That is their basic idea. If they can make useful medicines, that will ostensibly create more money for them. That's why they do it. And if they can make not useful medicines, but at least convince enough people that they're useful or convince enough doctors that they're useful and convince the media to push that and people buy it, or even better, they have contracts with the government who then they then support, you know, donate to those government officials and advertise on those media stations, then... Um, they don't even need to convince the public. They can just force it on people, which is what happened. So after all these, all this time, you are still fucking do what they say, you fucking idiot. Or you're not a doctor. You're not an expert in this. I mean, seriously, are you that fucking dense that after all this time, you still fucking believe that shit? It's just, I mean, it's beyond belief that these people, you know, know what happened during COVID and yet still have not adapted one bit. 
And you can't imagine like how many people weighing in on a nothing. And I think it's the Twitter algorithm because once you have midwit morons start opining ignorantly and, and responding to things in their mind rather than what you tweeted, and it shows, oh, ignorant morons of this type who like these things are, are engaging with this, then it sends that tweet out to like every ignorant moron on the, on the planet. And honestly, like the amount of colonoscophiles is unbelievable. I mean, I didn't even think there were that many colonoscophiles in the entire planet. I mean, who? this is a fucking procedure where you get ass raped by a bunch of technicians in medical garb. And, you know, I, I thought at best it was a necessary evil if you believe in the efficacy of the procedure. But no, this is not a necessary evil, this submission. This is enthusiastic compliance. They, they're pissed that I'm not complying with this. They, they're like zealots. These are cheerleaders. These are colonoscophiles. They love this shit. They love it. They love the idea of it. It's not a necessary evil to them. It is a wonderful thing that we should all be doing, apparently. Because otherwise, why would they care, right? And as I said, if they're wrong, they're fucking wrong and they should shut up. But if they're right and I'm wrong, then I'm going to pay a severe price for being wrong. So this zealotry has to come from somewhere else. I mean, this is truly a success of the medical industrial complex spending its money effectively and indoctrinating a whole generation. You know what's funny? There's a guy I follow. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Daniel Hadas, maybe, H-A-D-A-S. He's an excellent follow. And I think in part, I, I, could, <laughs> I made this tweet because I was inspired by a thread he wrote. And I'm going to try to find this thread. He's a good follow. He doesn't, he's, he's kind of like, doesn't follow anybody really. Let me find this thread. Okay, so he, I'll just read some of it because I think it's really good. And he has a lot of good threads. He says the linguistic switch from, quote, medicine to, quote, healthcare signals the replacement of a vision of medicine as curing the ill to a vision of it as an ever-embracing guardian of all. We only need medicine when we're ill, but we need healthcare so long as we wish to be healthy. So, you know, preventative is good, and I do a million things to eat healthy, you know, and take care of myself, but I don't engage the healthcare system for prevention. I engage my own lifestyle for prevention. I don't need healthcare. I would only have medicine when I'm sick. This is kind of the way I see it. But now we have this idea that you need to do all these preventative things. So healthcare is even for the healthy, if you just wish to stay healthy. And he, and he says, they that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I think that's a quote from something. The more this is transgressed, the more everyone in fact becomes sick. Also beware of this word care. And he quotes um, something from 1977, which is professionalized care is the mask of love and behind the mask hide the needs of the service professionals themselves. This is John McKnight, 1977. It's the need of the medical industrial complex to care for you, to have health care rather than just medicine if you need it. It's this totalizing sense of care. Even when you're healthy, you're supposed to check in and get anally probed just in case. And so I read that short thread and it made me think, I was already thinking about this. I was just thinking about the absurdity of the, what you're actually doing. What are you actually doing when you get a colonoscopy? It is the most totalizing act of submission a human being could do. And again, I will say this for the last fucking time. If you think that's worth it, do it. I, it, it may well be. No, I, I'm not the last word on this. I really have just done a little bit of research that satisfied me for my decision in the present, but your mileage may vary. Okay, that was that. Uh, I thought that was funny. And revealing also, though, you know, it's not just COVID and anti-vaxxer and blah, blah, blah. It is that this propaganda about the med from the medical industrial complex about the totalization of your care in the WHO and these treaties, this propaganda has become the framework from which people view health. And I used to be for universal health care, government health care for everybody. And now I am totally against it. First off, 
the government, when the government, quote, the government pays, that just means people are paying. Somebody's paying, taxpayers. If you pay for that, then you're not paying for something else. If you take money to pay for that, you're taking money from somebody else. So it's not just like healthcare is never free. It's, it's a choice. And two, the system has lost its way. The system is just existing to perpetuate itself. And you, you have these you know, mandatory vaccines. This universal healthcare would be the government partnering with corporations to force its own procedures on you. So I am totally against universal healthcare now. And I think at least personally, and I try to influence people in my life at least to avoid the system to the greatest extent practicable. Now, again, particular things, if you think you're at risk of colon cancer, maybe that's not practicable to avoid that. But in terms of keep at a good weight, watch your blood sugar, get blood tests. I actually do use the system for that. I feel like blood tests are very benign and low risk and learn about what the results of the blood tests mean. And fasting, I think is very good to clean out your system. Getting sunlight is very good for your health. So, you know, I, I do what I can and I influence the people in my local orbit to avoid the system to the extent they can, because the system is not looking out for you. In my opinion, that is my opinion in general. Does that mean that there's nothing the system has to offer? No, I got ankle surgery in 2009. I was limping around from basketball injuries and it helped a ton and I'm glad I got it. And if I had a broken arm, would I want a professional doctor to set it? Absolutely. If I had a bad cut, would I want to get stitches? Yes, I would. So I'm not saying it's completely useless, but in terms of this kind of chronic preventative care in general, I'm avoiding it. Again, your mileage may vary. So do what you want with that. What else did I have? Oh, some, just some political stuff that I thought was funny, thought was interesting speculation. So RFK Jr. is gaining some traction. I think he was like 19% in the polls. And that was before Twitter spaces with Elon Musk and a couple other guys. And so he's getting a lot of notoriety from big platforms. You know, someone like Joe Rogan will probably have him on and Elon Musk is having him on the spaces. So he's getting, you know, you don't need the DNC and CNN to air a debate. I mean, you're, you're going to get your voice out. And Joe Biden's unpopular. He's too old. He's falling down all the time. I mean, I, I think he's, I was shocked. I mean, something that everyone's like, oh, you're wrong on this. You said Biden wouldn't make it past the finish line in 2020. And I was wrong on that. I am, I was extremely surprised that not only did he make it to the finish line in 2020, but that he's made it into June of 23. He's falling, but he's, you know, he's still here. He hasn't left yet. He hasn't been forced to resign or chosen to resign yet. And I am very surprised by that. And I was wrong about that, but I would be absolutely in awe if they could weaken and Bernie's this guy, this corpse beyond the finish line in 2024, I would be in awe of the Democratic Party apparatchiks if they could pull that off because I just don't think that could happen. I didn't think what happened four years ago. I was wrong, but now you're pushing it. You're really, really pushing it. Dementia doesn't get better. Cognitive decline doesn't reverse. It's a one-way street. So in the event that Biden is either out of it or just so unpopular and obviously seen as weak and unfit, what are the Democratic Party going to do? Well, I think they'd want to put like CIA Pete Buttigieg or someone like that, Gavin Newsom, American psycho in there. But those guys have never accomplished anything. And I think that would be a hard sell to get those guys in. You know, Biden at least has a bit of a personality, has sort of a, you know, a tiny bit of charisma when he was at least had a functioning brain cell. And people knew who he was. He was associated with Obama, which for most Democrats was a positive. And so they got him through. They narrowly got him past Bernie, but Bernie wasn't serious anyway. Capitulating Bernie was not serious. So I don't think Buttigieg or, or Gavin Newsom will take. And then if RFK is now polling at 40%, 50%, whatever it is, and his anti-vax stance isn't going to be as unpopular as it would have been two years ago. I mean, 
people know this mRNA thing failed. It was a fraud. And people talk, you know, just because you work at a corporation and you don't hear at the ESPN water cooler, they're probably not chatting about uh, vaccine-induced myocarditis because, you know, those people are self-censoring. You work there, you're not going to say shit, obviously. But regular people, many regular people are talking about it everywhere. Even you go to the hospital, you go to a doctor's office, you know, the, the text at the thing will say, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's the vaccine causing these heart problems. I asked them, you know, I went to uh, get a, uh, a stress test because I was doing sprints on the track and I was like, I hey, might as well get it. And so I went talking about avoiding the medical system, the greatest extent practical. I went in to get a stress test voluntarily um, because again, it's not invasive. They put some electrodes on you and measure your heart rate while you're running. I had some heart disease in my family. I'm 52. I'm running sprints. I thought it was a sensible thing to do. And uh, I start, I always ask, you see more people coming in with heart problems these days, myocarditis. He said, yeah, there's some more. And then he just said, I didn't even mention it. He said, I don't think it's from the vaccine though, but it's obviously, <laughs> it's, it's in the zeitgeist. People are talking about it. So I don't think RFK is going to get dinged too badly for questioning the efficacy and safety of vaccines. I don't think that's going to be the non-starter that it might've been a couple of years ago. So anyway, I think everything is on the table right now. So my point is, I think RFK has a real shot. And let's just say he does win the Democratic nomination or the DNC obviously does not will do everything, move mountains to prevent that. And I think they might even do to him what they did to his father and uncle. I, I wouldn't put it past them. But assuming they don't think they can get away with that, because it's certainly not a moral reason they wouldn't do it. They would do it if they thought it was necessary because they're utilitarians and they think, oh, if he gets elected, this is, you know, this is too dangerous for too many people, the greater bad will happen. And so we have to, it's unfortunate we have to do this. I mean, they think this way, in my opinion, I think they're just utilitarians and they would do whatever they thought they could get away with. But assuming they don't think they can get away with it or succeed in pulling it off, and he were to be the de facto Democratic nominee because the people speak and the DNC is just kind of overrun, and, and assuming Trump were on the other side, gets the Republican nomination, I think you'd have a really interesting dynamic where Pfizer, who's the biggest advertiser for all of the cable networks and all of the legacy media outlets, and these weapons manufacturers who he's going after also, might start putting all of their money behind Trump because Trump played ball, right? I mean, Trump played ball with the military industrial complex. He didn't start another war. They didn't like that. He was going to pull out of Afghanistan. And there were rumors of bounties and they delayed that as much as they could. And in fact, you know, they didn't let Biden pull out of, out of Afghanistan until they had fomented the Ukraine situation. So they weren't going to let their cash flows dry up. They didn't let us get out of Afghanistan for what, 20 years until there was another conflict to put all their weapons into and get all their contracts for. So, you know, so Trump wasn't great with them, but he wasn't saying the stuff that RFK Jr. is. And by the way, RFK Jr. might be a fraud. I mean, I believed in Obama in 20, 2008. I believed in Bernie 2016. I'm, I'm a sucker. I'm not going to be a sucker again. Proof's in the pudding. Like you better fucking deliver RFK. I don't give a fuck how eloquent and whatever he is. I mean, I'll vote for him because the other choices are bad. Well, I'd consider DeSantis also, but you know, I, I don't believe in shit until I see it happen. So let's not get too excited. But I'm just saying, even the rhetoric would have been totally impermissible about the medical industrial complex and the military industrial complex that he's purportedly going to take on. So I could see him winning the Democratic nomination and then Trump winning the Republican one. And these powerful factions, these powerful industries getting together and saying, shit, I think we're going to need Trump to win. I mean, Trump was the guy who greenlighted Operation Warp Speed, he still takes credit for that. 
I mean, they would be much better off with Trump than RFK, assuming RFK's rhetoric and he spent his whole life you know, being called an anti-vaxxer. We'll see what would happen if he got into power. It would be different. And it's easy to be uh, saying stuff from the outside when you're out of power, but wait till you're inside and all this money is flowing and people are putting up obstacles for you because you're saying one thing or doing one thing. It's a lot different when you're in power. But let's just say you know, they were worried that he was going to be true to his word. I think they would be. And they say, look, you know, Trump's not ideal. We can't control him as much as we can control Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden or Joe Biden's people, whoever's running the show now is probably not Biden. But, you know, he's imperfect, but he'll have to do. And then what would happen? Then you would start to see the legacy media, the corporate media that basically said Trump was Hitler and Trump colluded with Russia. You'd see them subtly at first being like, you know, the thing is Trump's really learned his lesson about what was important. And I, I'm glad that he's realizing the importance of the mRNA and the, the achievement that it was. They would start to soft pedal it. They would start to say, you know, a lot of the problems with Trump was that he was a bit ignorant, but it seems like he's seen the light a little bit. And, you know, there's some things in which he's really grown. They would start to subtly do it. And this would be the best psyop ever. I really hope this happens because all these people that were like, Trump, Trump, and got their brains broken. There's probably like five or 10% that like would just fucking jump out of a window once the media started promoting Trump and the state started backing Trump. But a lot of them, the same people who were like, oh, it's perfectly fine that this six foot three giant biological male is destroying these women and swimming. And that's great. Let's clap for that. Oh, congratulations on your gold medal. And oh, good job trying to compete biological woman with this uh, biologically born male. But unfortunately, you just weren't the best woman in the contest. You know, the, the people who believe that and the people who believe, oh, natural immunity, that's a conspiracy theory. The vaccine has much better immunity than natural immunity, even though your whole life, the only reason to ever get a vaccine was to simulate natural immunity, which is obviously better um, once you've already had the disease. And they were telling you that natural immunity was a conspiracy theory. Um, things like this, you know, people who believe and swallow that stuff. I mean, why couldn't they get totally reversed? Like, oh yeah, you know, maybe we under, you know, they rehabilitated George Bush who fucking killed a million people in Iraq. I mean, no problem. Great financial crisis, million people dead in Iraq. Heck of a job. Brownie George Bush got rehabilitated because Michelle Obama gave him a candy. And, and all of a sudden, oh yeah, we long for the days of George Bush. They would definitely try to rehabilitate Trump if this scenario transpires, which admittedly it's not the most probable. I think it's plausible. I, I don't think it's probable, but I want to talk about it because I think it's plausible. And I think they would start to rehabilitate Trump and that 10% would just jump out a window. Their brain couldn't handle it. But most of the people would, because they believe anything they're fucking told, absurdities, would totally come around and say, yeah, I, I really didn't like him, but you know, he said some uh, smarter things lately and I think he's learned. And you know, we can't have that crazy anti-vaxxer, pro-Putin anti-vaxxer winning. And, and that would be the, the line. And, and honestly, I think Trump is craving enough to lap it up and be like, yeah, I am the good steward of the establishment. As I was trying to, he'll finally get the dream of being accepted. Remember, Trump was sort of an outsider. He was rich, but he's from Queens and he wasn't like accepted by the whole Manhattan socialite set. He was always kind of a crass, gauche kind of guy, even with all his money. And he never got the acceptance. And then when he ran for president, they totally fucking gaslit him and lied about him and subverted him illegally and terribly. I mean, it's horrible what they did. I mean, Trump is Trump, but what they did is inexcusable. Uh, maybe he would embrace the warm affection finally of the establishment saying, you're our guy. We like you here. We hope you win. I wouldn't put it past him to turn it. I don't think he would turn it down, put it that way. I mean, I think he really wants to win. So anyway, it's a scenario I could see if RFK won, the media might get behind Trump. 
just putting it out there because in case it happens, it was an idea that occurred to me. You know, I want to be able to say, look, I, I said, I saw this coming. Anyway, just something I thought about. All right, one last thing. It's gone on long enough. Need some editing this podcast. But I had this idea, and this is probably totally stupid, and people who know physics will probably laugh at this. But I'm going to put it out there just in case it's a good idea. When I was younger, I thought of this idea. So, you know, nothing can travel faster than the speed of light. Like speed of light's the maximum speed. And the reason for that is if you were to try to accelerate like a particle, they do this in these like CERN, Switzerland, the particle accelerators, they try to get them close to the speed of light and these electrons are really, really light. So it doesn't take that much energy to get them pre moving pretty damn fast. But eventually, is anything with any mass starts to approach the speed of light, it starts to take on infinite mass which means it would require infinite energy and energy is finite to push it over the threshold. So everything can go to a certain speed, but never get to the speed of light because as it approaches it, the energy required to get there is insurmountable. So that's just a physics fact. And then you have photons, which I think are considered massless. Photons are particles of light. They don't have mass. They're not even like electrons or protons, which have a very tiny mass. They have no mass apparently. But I thought, what if a photon's mass was one over infinity, you know, that's just basically zero, but it's not zero, it's one over infinity. It's a tiny, tiny infinitesimal amount. And as that infinitesimal gets toward the speed of light, it gets on, it takes on infinite mass, but it's divided by infinity. And that infinity over infinity equals the speed of light. And nothing bigger than one over infinity, basically that infinitesimal can ever reach light speed. So that even light is subject to this restriction, but because it's basically one over infinity and one over infinity times infinity, you can do those limits like of, of different infinite series and they can actually converge on a number. Some infinite series divided by another infinite series could equal two or seven or 2000 or whatever. They're, infinity over infinity can equal an actual number. So that was my premise that it's infinity over infinity equals the speed of light. And maybe it's a dumb idea or maybe it's just not a new idea. Maybe it's just obviously the case and it's axiomatic, but I don't know, it just struck me as an idea that stuck with me and I figured I'd put it out there in case anybody who actually knows about this can either tell me, yeah, that's just obvious or that's stupid or huh, that actually coincides with some other observation. So I'm not afraid to be stupid about this stuff. I, I really am ignorant about it. Just, I, I hope I just explained it well enough, actually. Let me say one or two other things before. So one other just housekeeping thing is that I did change the title of this podcast to Chrysalis Podcast. It's just Chrysalis. I'm emailing Apple to figure out how do I actually change the title. So there's going to be some weirdness. I hope it shows up in your regular feed. If it doesn't, you may have to subscribe to Chrysalis on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. You may have to change and subscribe to a different one. Uh, I'm not sure. I hope it does just show up in your feed. Actually, I'll find out because I'm not subscribed to Chrysalis. So um, if it doesn't, I guess I'll let you know. Yeah, I appreciate a lot of people commenting positively on the podcast. The last one, um, that was nice to hear. I'm glad that it connected with a bunch of people. And I guess that's it. Till next time.